I'm Michelle, she's Medina, and we are Dog Desk Animal Action Audio. Broadcasting audio and video to complement the work of Dog Desk Animal Action CIC, a vegan-led social enterprise supporting homeless animals and vulnerable companion animals and their families in the UK and overseas. My name is Michelle Robertson and I will be your host today for a conversation with Bonnie Harlan from Prevent Pet Suffocation. Prevent Pet Suffocation is a 501c3 in America which Bonnie founded following the tragic death of her dog Blue. Blue got his head stuck in a chip bag while home alone and passed away because of it. Distraught, Bonnie very bravely began talking about Blue's death and was shocked to find that his death was not an isolated incident. We began the conversation talking about that terrible day. This is what Bonnie had to tell us. So Blue was my four-year-old 50-pound rescue dog that my son brought home from college. I fell madly in love with him and kind of kept him. And so on December 15th, 2011, so nine years ago, I came home from doing Christmas errands. And when I walked in the house, Blue wasn't there to greet me at the door, which was very unusual. I walked into the kitchen and I noticed a trash bag turned over on the floor. And with a lot of, you know, trash strewn everywhere. And then I noticed several Christmas decorations were also toppled over. So I was pretty puzzled about that. And I thought maybe he was hiding from me because he felt, you know, guilty when I came home. So I started looking all over for him and I I couldn't find him anywhere. I went up and down, up and down my stairs, could not find him. Finally, I found him laying upstairs under a table and across the room, I could see that he had a Cheetos chip bag over his head and he wasn't moving. God, I immediately registered, oh my God, he must have suffocated in this chip bag. I ran over to him. He wasn't breathing. He was still warm. I called my vet immediately. He walked me through CPR. Unfortunately, that did not work. I was hysterical. You know, I just couldn't fathom that this had happened. And my vet actually came over to help me. And so he came upstairs and did the vitals and everything. And he said to me, you know, Bonnie, I could have warned you about a hundred things. but Chip bags would never have been on the list because he had never heard of it. And actually, neither had I. And that is how the seeds for prevent pet suffocation were planted that day. And it was devastating. It's still devastating when you think about it. It was hard to get that image out of my mind, actually. He he had, you know, knocked over some tables and lamps and clearly struggled and lost his bowels, you know, as well. Yeah. Panic-stricken, I would have thought, poor chap. It forms a seal, doesn't it, around the head or the neck. And it's incredibly difficult, even for us, if we were with Blue, to take that off of him. Am I right in saying that? When a dog puts his head into a chip bag, say, a lot of them are made with these mylar packaging, you know, the silver shiny things and chip bags, or I guess maybe crisp bags. And 
what it does is as soon as they put their head in and start to breathe, it creates a vacuum-like seal around the dog's neck. So as he tries to breathe, the bag tightens around his neck, cutting off the oxygen. So when the dog can't remove the bag, he will start to get anxious and panic typically and run around until he eventually collapses and, and suffocates. And in Blue's case, that's what happened. So he went from downstairs in my kitchen, through my den, up the stairs to the game room, knocked over the lamps and tables, etc. So you also have to imagine that they can't see because they have a bag over their head. And they're panicked. They're not logical. They can't think. They're just in distress. It happens quickly within minutes. So yes, the seal is very, very tight. Thank um, you so much for sharing that with us because I know how difficult that is. Listeners, I can see, Bonnie, you can't. That was quite harrowing. So well done. That's brave of you to to relive that moment. Um, (sighs) Thank you for that. This is something that we would possibly think is a bit of a flu. You know, how many pets fall victim to pet suffocation? Is there any data available to us, Bonnie? And if not, how many people come to you seeking help? I would have thought, you know, emotional support, because this is emotionally devastating, isn't it? Without a doubt. It is, actually. So I started documenting from the beginning each death that was reported to me um, from pet suffocation. And I typically hear from two to three distraught pet owners a week. But for example, at Thanksgiving, we had five. You know, it just depends. Um, The numbers are kind of fluid because not everybody reports their, their dog. You know, a lot of people will think it's a fluke accident or maybe they're embarrassed or they just don't have the curiosity to Google it and look it up. And if they do, they will find me right away. So if you take the ones that I hear about and you extrapolate them worldwide, you can imagine the numbers are much larger. So pets are dying from this daily. You know, yesterday I heard from a guy who had lost his dog exactly one year ago that day. And he's just now found me. So I featured his story. So we we have some of that as well. The common denominator is they're all still devastated mm. over losing their, their dog or maybe even their cat to something that they had never even heard of. Yeah, so many layers of emotion with this, I think, Bonnie and listeners, because, you know, some people may be feeling shame, definitely feeling guilt. We'd all feel guilty about that, wouldn't we? You know, for not knowing good pet parents are supposed to know every risk to their babies, aren't they? Just as we do with our children. And also, you know, they may be scared that people will judge them. There's all kinds of things going on there. So, you know, those figures that you were giving us, that's a drop in the ocean, isn't it? I would have thought. Yes, absolutely. And I hear from people whose story I don't post because they don't want it public. They don't want their child to see something on Facebook because maybe the child was the one that left out the container or the bag or or something like that. Um, We've had in-laws come to visit for the holidays and they brought things in their suitcase and a dog got in their guest room and, you know, things like that happen. So, yes, there are all kinds of emotions that go along with these pet suffocation deaths. The most common emotions 
are these pet owners are devastated, they're distraught, they feel guilty, and they're inconsolable. And so they're constantly telling me the same thing over and over. If only I had known about this, or I had never heard of pet suffocation before until now. And that's really one of the main missions of Prevent Pet Suffocation is spreading that awareness so people do know and can prevent it. When we're talking about suffocation, we're not just talking about the chip bags, are we, Bonnie? You're talking about chip bags, snack bags, pet food bags, cereal bags, popcorn bags. Those are the biggest culprits. And then you've got containers. Yeah. You've got Pringles cans and peanut butter jars and Cheez-It cans and Pringles and things like that, plastic cups. But primarily, it is these type of food bags, even a Ziploc bag, cheese bags. We have had a couple of dogs actually suffocate with the, you know, plastic cone on from the vet. Oh, really? They, even though they have that collar on them, the plastic cone, they still manage to get into a food bag and suffocate. So that's been horrific as well. So we try to let people know about that too. We were talking just a few minutes ago about that seal around the dog's neck and how difficult it is to remove that chip bag from the dog once that seal is in place. Now, so many times, if I had a pound for every time, I've seen somebody on social media with a dog eating out of a chip pack and, you know, they say, it's okay, I'm right beside my dog, this isn't a hazard, and kind of really worries me, Bonnie, because I sort of think it is. Now, am I right to be worried about that situation or am I being sort of hyper-vigilant and over-worried about it? No, you're absolutely right to worry about it because it's very common to go on YouTube and social media and see people have found their dog in a corner behind a TV, standing there with a chip bag over its head, frozen. Obviously, they're still getting some air and they film it and they post it and they laugh and they think it's cute. And many, many, many people engage with them and say, oh, my God, that is the funniest thing. Thank you so much. I am horrified when I see it because pet suffocation happens within minutes, whether you are home or not. And so they do respond with, I'm right here. You know, my dog was never in danger. Well, true. You were right there, but your dog is in danger because they will do it again. And probably not when you are there to helping. So It's the next time that I worry about. And I do make comments, uh, just a gentle reminder to people. I don't get into big tug of wars about it, but I do tell them that pet suffocation happens quickly and suddenly and daily. And it doesn't matter if you are home or not home. I've heard so many stories. People get out of the shower, their dog is gone. They just suffocated that quickly. Um, Over Thanksgiving, we had a lady who was peeling potatoes in the kitchen. She let her big fart lab out in the backyard, fenced in. Five minutes later, she went to check on him, and it was too late. He had tumped over a trash can and taken a pet food bag out of the trash can, and he was gone. And she was horrified, devastated, crying, hysterical over this. She tried CPR. You know, it was too late. So 
Yes, I see those videos. They're all over. All we can do is just educate and, yeah. you know, yeah. spread the awareness. So Because it does happen very, very quickly, doesn't it, Bonnie? I was looking at the science of this, and it can happen in as little as two or three minutes exactly. in some cases. Yeah, I mean, think about if you didn't have air for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it just does. And the good news, though, is it can be prevented. Okay. Now, I want to talk about what happens to the dogs when they realize they're in trouble and start to panic and how that panic impacts on our actions to free them from the suffocation situation. When they panic, they become very, very fierce dogs, don't they? Even the best behaved dogs, making it even more difficult for us to help them in that situation, don't they, Bonnie? Some of them, they'll panic and maybe they're running around and you can't catch them. Obviously, they want to be helped. I've seen a lot of videos of wildlife being people saving wildlife from a container on their head or a chip bag over their head or something like that. And they're even harder to corral, you know, than your own, own dog or cat. And yet I do see it happening. You have to be very careful, you know, approaching like say a, you know, a deer, a squirrel, a fox. I mean, we've seen all of these animals rescued from suffocation. The other day I saw a video, there was a stray dog roaming and he had a big plastic container completely over his head. And it had probably been that way a while. He obviously had some kind of an air hole because he was still walking around, but you could see the blood inside the container. And so this man went to rescue and he did come up to him. They had to cut the container off. So it's, you have to be very careful and doing things like that so you don't injure them even further. But for a domestic dog, if a bag's over their head, they're probably not going to be biting you because, you know, their head is covered. So they are typically are scared and anxious, but you can usually quickly get that bag off their head. Um, some of the videos I've seen, people have come home and their dog, like I said earlier, is just standing still as a rock in the corner because they just, they're just paralyzed with it. So the point is you want to get that bag off quickly. A lot of people, that's when they start filming like, oh, you know, and laughing and so forth. Don't take the time to do that. Just please release your pet. Yeah. Okay. So where are these risks coming from? We've talked about chip bags. We've talked about containers. Can we just explore any other items around our homes that may create these uh, dangerous situations for our pets, Bonnie, and can you tell us how we can keep our pets safe from these risks? Well, you're going to have the food bags. Those are, like I said, they're the biggest culprits of pet suffocation. But I always tell people, look around, just visualize any dangers that you see. You may not be thinking about it. And it's not just in your house. It's also in like your car. People eat in their car. They take their dog on errands. They get out, they go in the store, but they've left fast food in their car. You know, that is something that people don't really think about. Anything that a dog is going to smell is a potential hazard. Um, so, yes, you do have the containers, you do have the chip bags. But like I said, the good news is you can take steps to easily prevent pet suffocation. And so what I tell everybody is, first of all, keep all of these chip bags, snack bags, pet food bags, safely stored away from your pet. Not on a counter, 
not on the top of your refrigerator because even cats can jump that eye. Tear or cut up all the chip bags and food bags after use. Tear them up, cut them up, just make sure they don't become a suffocation risk. Um, I recommend that you store your snacks and your chips and your pet food in uh, plastic containers and put them up high. That way, don't forget and leave one of these out. I recommend you also serve all these snacks in glass bowls or containers rather than right outside of the bag. I've heard too many stories of people leaving chip bags on the coffee table, getting up, going to bed, and then that creates a big problem. You want to keep your trash can lid tightly locked or behind a cabinet. Keep your kitchen pantry door closed all the time and learn CPR. I did not know CPR. I had to call my vet who walked me through it. I was probably too late for Blue, but we have had dogs revived. So I really recommend that you learn how to do that. I suggest you don't allow your pets to roam freely through the house when you're gone. I did that with Blue and, it, you know, he died. He had been crated, it wouldn't have happened. I always crate my dog now before I leave. Uh, he loves the crate. And I know that when I go away for an hour or two, I can relax and not worry about him. And you also want to tell your friends and family, your pet sitters, your babysitters, your kids' friends, anyone that comes into contact with your dog or cat about pet suffocation and the, the risk of all of this. Because you might know it, but if your pet sitter doesn't know it, or your house sitter, or your housekeeper, then they could, you know, potentially a, a big problem here. I also tell people that very careful around family gatherings and holiday gatherings. Now, this year has been a little, last year was a little different. People weren't always having as big of family gatherings, but they were working at home, right? So again, you're eating at your desk, or you're eating at your table, you're eating on your couch and leaving, possibly leaving these bags available for your pets. So when there are big family gatherings and backyard parties and things like that, you really have to stay on top of this. And then I ask people to lobby the companies to add warning labels on these chip bags and snack bags. You know, if you lose your pup or cat to this, let these companies know so we can try to get this packaging changed. So with a few small steps, you can prevent pet suffocation. The key is to be vigilant. The other thing I want to remind people, the size and breed of your dog does not matter. All pets are vulnerable to pet suffocation. No pet can win a battle against a lack of oxygen. And some people will say to me, oh, my dog's too big for that. No, he's not. It can be a chihuahua, or a Great Dane. They're all easily susceptible to pet suffocation. Yeah. Some listeners may be thinking that perhaps if they're just very tidy and they make sure that they put all their chip packets into the bin, that this isn't going to be a problem, that that, will, that in itself will be enough to protect their dog from this dreadful, dreadful risk. Now, that isn't going to work, is it? Because our dogs have got amazing noses and I must say that I heard a terrible, terrible story of a lady who came home and found her dog dead in the bin. It had gone in the bin, got a whiff of the corn chips, as they do, um, 
and it had died in the bin. So, God, I mean, I, I was so upset when I heard that. It's bad enough to lose them, but to come home and find your dog hanging out of a bin with a chip bag on its head. That is just crushing. Never, ever forgive yourself for it, you know? So cut them up, listeners. And we're not shaming. This isn't about shaming anybody, is it, at all? Um, No, it's just just about being people to be safe. I think it's fair to say that probably everybody that's listening, Bonnie, will be very aware of the risks of plastic bags, you know, the cellophane-looking bags, Mm -hmm. the clear bags, um, you know, plastic shopping bags and so on. But the chip bags and the pet food bags themselves, not all of them, but some of them, I don't think anybody will be aware of that risk um, unless they've already connected to you. Do these chip bags, do any of them carry a warning? Do you know? Not that I have seen. I have not seen any that carry a warning. Um, I have started a petition to Frida LA. It's a few years ago. It's still um, out there. I think we have 38,000 signatures so far. I am asking them to add warning labels to their chip bags to prevent pet suffocation. They're the largest distributor of the chips and snacks. And I think they have a responsibility to their consumers to protect their pets from a potential dangerous issue here. People will say to me, oh, dogs can't read. (laughs) Right. But their owners can. And they will also say, oh, it's just common sense. No, it's it's not. Because for something to be common sense, it has to be in the psyche of the vast majority of the general public. And this just isn't. And that's what we're trying to do. We've made a lot of progress. We still have a lot of work to do. So, yes, that signature, um, if you want to sign, the petition is on change.org. It's also at the bottom of our homepage on our website. We need to talk about your charity, Bonnie, don't we? Because we haven't done that. Your charity was set up after you lost Blue, obviously. Um, where can listeners find it? And can you talk us through a little bit of the education on the website? Would you mind doing that for us? Right. So, you know, I started Prevent Pet Suffocation in January 2012, right after Blue died. And then it became a nonprofit in 2017. So that enables me to raise money to do more of what I want to do to spread the, you know, education worldwide. So I can raise money and use donations for, you know, infographics and videos and podcasts and social media and all types of things. We have a, you know, wonderful PSA that I put out last year. It's one minute, but it tells you almost everything you need to know in one minute. So the nonprofit is really grown. We have the website, preventpetsuffocation.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So all of those social media aspects are available for people to learn about pet suffocation. I really do recommend that you follow us. That would be great because we have educational tips. We have things you can do to prevent. We have stories of all these people who have lost their pets so you can you know, learn from them as well. But we are a registered 501c3 charity. And our mission is to educate the public on the suffocation risk our pets face from chip bags, snack bags, and other food packaging. And so 
yeah, I would love people to, to learn more about it and share it on your social media. You know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, etc. Spread the word. And listeners, if any of you have actually had this problem, whether it's been a near miss even, do get in touch with Bonnie, have a chat to her. They can do this confidentially, can't they? Bonnie's very approachable, Absolutely. very caring, Absolutely. very understanding and friendly. <laughs> Talk to and her. You can email me at info at preventpetsuffocation.com or you can send a message via Instagram or on the website or on Facebook. If you go on Facebook, you will see story after story of um, people who have lost their pets. If you go on the website, we have a memorial photo page where it shows hundreds and hundreds of, of pets that we honor who have passed away from suffocation. So we do want to keep getting the word out. So it just takes a few minutes to, to save your pet. And that's what we want to keep doing. Yeah. In addition to the practical advice that your organization is offering, which is fabulous, I love the emotional support that you offer people, Bonnie, because it's so important, isn't it? I mean, we're devastated when our dogs die of old age, aren't we? Uh, When they die from accidents, I mean, there's hardly any coming back from that. So it's wonderful to have somewhere where people can go and talk you know, quite freely without judgment about how they feel about that situation. It's very healing. So listeners, you know, if you're in that situation, please, please, please connect with Bonnie. Take your time, get over there and chat to her. Yeah, because on the Facebook page, so many of us have been through it. We know exactly how they feel. And it's an excellent support group as well. It offers a lot of understanding and empathy in addition to the education and awareness. So yes, it's... um. It's been very healing. I hear so many positive uh, comments from our followers that say, your group saved me. You know, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. And uh, for that alone, it's very valuable. Definitely. Bonnie, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you very, very much for coming along today, this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is, and and, uh, (laughs) sharing that with our listeners. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate it.